Welcome to this latest FSB Monthly Roundup podcast brought to you by the Federation of Small Businesses and the go-to podcast for news tips and important information for small businesses and the self-employed. This is our October Small Business Roundup in which we will take a look at some of the important issues hitting the headlines at the moment and which you need to be aware of right now as small business owners. Uh, This month, it is impossible not to talk about politics following the government's mini-budget and subsequent U-turn on the 45p tax rate plus business support announcements and the party conference season. Uh, FSB's Chief of External Affairs, Craig Beaumont, is here to talk all things mini-budget, upcoming political headwinds and the new political landscape. And I'm pleased to say that this month I'm also joined by Arnab Dutt, FSB policy champion, who will discuss another important hot topic for small businesses right now, and that is social value and why it's good for your small business. Craig and Arnab, thank you for joining us. Craig, let's start with the current political landscape. Uh, we've got a new prime minister, new policy announcements relevant to new to small business. Um, we've got party conference season. Um, and from there, it looks like new competition between the two biggest parties at Westminster for the small business vote come the next election. This all comes, of course, against the backdrop of a cost of doing business crisis in the UK, including energy bills, inflation, high tax Burden. So let's unpack uh, some, if not all of that, in terms of what it means for, for small businesses and the self-employed. Um, lots of political heat over the last couple of weeks. Um, but focusing on this from a small business lens, what do you think are the most positive announcements that we've heard? Thanks. Yeah, it's certainly never dull in British politics. Uh, and we've just got back from party conference season. And the first thing we're doing is this podcast about how it's all gone. So I think, you know, for FSB and for small businesses, there were two primary announcements, which were really, really important. We lobbied really hard to get them. It's just a shame that these were wrapped within what became arguably one of the most unpopular budgets in recent times. So the first of those is a small business energy package, which will see wholesale unit price of energy capped for fixed contracts. And if you're on a variable contract, there'll be a sort of a capped maximum discount. And there'll be an equivalent if you're on something else like a heating oil contract, uh, if you're not on uh, electricity or gas. So this is really good. It's very complicated. Um, Small business contracts are really complex and much more diverse than, you know, you or I as consumers have. And consumers already have a, a cap in place for standing charges and for unit prices. So effectively, for small business, this is an equivalent. But that cap on the consumers took a year or so to get everything ready and legislate for. So what government's now trying to do is do that work in a few weeks for small businesses. Um, That means it's, you know, running by seat of pants half the time. Now, when it's brought in, it should also, as well as help with energy bills for all small businesses with premises that therefore use energy, it should also reduce inflation by up to five percentage points. And we've discussed inflation before on this podcast about, you know, how it really hits small business. So that's a major, major thing. Um, The second major win was about reversing the national insurance increases. You know, FSB was created in response to an unfair NICS hike. And we've just had another one. So this getting rid of this is really, really big for us, both in terms of money, but also actually in terms of our heritage and where we're from. Um, so basically, anyone with a NICS bill will see a reduction now in just under 10% of their bill, 1.25 percentage points. And there's four national insurance bills. There's the employer NICS that employees 
sorry, there's employer NICs that employers pay on top of every job, uh, known as the jobs tax, one thing that we've campaigned hard against. The other is employee and self-employed NICs, which you own yourself. And then finally, there's a dividend equivalent NICs that many of our members who are limited company directors pay. Now, all four of those are going to be reversed. And at the same time, um, I don't know if you remember when they brought in the hike, we managed to get an increase in the employment allowance uh, and expanding it to £5,000. This was our original idea, which takes off five grand off every single Nick's bill. Um, and that's going to stay so at that, that higher level. So taken together, those two things are really huge, about £70 billion, we think, depending on what happens with energy prices. Uh, a big deal, and all based on small biz cash flow. And all happening relatively soon. Um, there were a series of smaller measures, which we're not going to go into now, but things like cancelling the corporation tax rise, which will affect just under half of our members, defanging of IR35, which will help uh, self-employed, um, and things around investment, proper allowances put in permanently, and the help on alcohol duty. And finally, the return of tax-free shopping, uh, which the lots of our members in tourism will be pleased to see around tourism centres across the UK. Yeah, some really good announcements uh, there. But even with these measures, how tough do you think the coming months are going to be for, for small firms? And what, what more would you like to be seeing done by, by government? I mean, it's going to be a, absolutely a tough winter. I think the priority of government should be to get the legislation on these two big things that we like, get that legislation passed, because they can't just decide it. They need to pass a bill through the House of Commons and the House of Lords. So Parliament's not even sitting now. They'll come back on the 11th of October. Um, and then for that month, they've got a few weeks to pass all stages of legislation that does this. So we need the government to really push it through fast. We need the opposition, uh, which is now the Labour Party has now backed both these packages now. So hopefully that means the two big parties together, when they tend to agree, they can pass things fast. Great. If there's no hold up, it means that businesses will get that money in November. And that's really important, I think, because bills, was, bills are already rising anyway, but use now really starts to help, starts to rise as well. Um, so your October use should be discounting your energy in November and your payroll and all those differences on national insurance will come through in November too. And I think, you know, in terms of other things, what else the government could be doing? Well, one thing is the government, the one kind of glaring omission, I think, in all the reforms was about business rates, where government we know is minded to look again at this there was a pledge in the manifesto in 2019 to reduce business rates and that hasn't happened um but we didn't expect it at this uh, mini budget because they'd only been in power for two weeks and this is really complicated so um we'd rather they focused on the energy package just like a small business owner working out what your priorities are on that day um but they re they really need to turn to business rates i think um later on through the autumn and into the winter uh, and then finally, there's interest rates coming, which small businesses will keep an eye on for lots of reasons. They're mired in debt after COVID, and lots of debt will move now. So civil loans, for example, civil loans, for example, are flexible. Commercial debt, maybe even before COVID, home mortgages, any mortgage on commercial premises, all of these will likely to have more expensive repayments as and when interest rates rise. And we're expecting them to rise in early November. And we don't oppose interest rate rises because they control inflation, which we really, really don't like. Um, but they're not without pain, and everyone needs to plan for that. Yeah, just on that energy uh, announcement, you're hopeful that, that small businesses will see the impact pretty quickly, are you? Yeah, because so as long as it hits in time for, to cover October energy use for November bills, and also the payroll changes on 
national insurance for us all, it all hit in November as well. That's really a lifeline. That's a lot of cash uh, that will be very, very useful right now. In fact, it's not just useful, it's vital. Um, I think going forward, there's a couple of areas the government could focus more on. One is, well, there's energy prices. When they started to rise, it was back in February time of this year. The help only is backdated to contracts that started in April. And we think that's pretty unfair because the help itself is only from this October to next April. So there's no real logic to a cut to an early cutoff. It doesn't matter when you did your contract. So we're lobbying to kind of see if we can change that for the businesses who've got in contact with us, many of them perhaps listening, uh, who had their contract before April. Um, and the second thing is, next April, we're going to hit another cliff edge. So while consumers have a full two years of support, the business package will be reviewed after three months, which will be January, uh, and then, well, into February, and then it'll decide what to do after April. Uh, the concern is that the government's instinct um, is, for, is to consider which vulnerable businesses might need help, and it'll do it by industry or sector, and that never really works in public policy for us. We think it should be done by size. Every small business electricity bill will be affected, and therefore that would be the best proxy. So I suppose those are the two final bits that we'll be pushing on on energy to, to make sure help really gets to everyone. Yeah, brilliant. And look, you know, I guess the next general election is at most two years away. How important do you think the small business vote will be uh, in the in, in the way the main Westminster parties approach that election if when it comes? Well, that's a brilliant question. I mean, the very latest election can be is actually 2025, the 11th of January 2025. The idea of a general election over Christmas and a campaign over Christmas probably fills most of us with dread. Um, but, it, you know, we're likely to tease one perhaps in autumn 24 and probably at the earliest May 2024. So, I mean, FSB, you've heard it on this podcast, we're a formidable campaigning organisation. And I think we love nothing better than a general election. You know, we can create great policy ideas from all the reports and the authors of each report that you've had on the podcast to build into our manifesto. And that will influence what each party then does from 2025-2030. But we have 5.5 million votes. So we are really strong. And they don't vote en masse. They don't vote for one party. They vote for all of them. But they will listen and they will decide who looks the best. Um, And, you know, it's not all about what can I get and money and cash flow. It's actually about which party most aligns with my thinking and what I want for my business. So, you know, a good example here is, you know, the current government's just announced it will no longer have a dedicated small business minister. Um, It's now reduced to one area of 16 within a junior minister's role. Now, it's just branding and symbolic, but we've gone from a small business minister called Anna Subri, used to be in cabinet, gone to mid down to mid-level minister, now junior and now one small element. So, if there were other parties that stood forward and said, you know what, we're going to bring back a small business minister and we're going to put them in the cabinet, then that would be quite motivational. So, you know, the key for me is going to be what the election election will be like in, in terms of we approach it. And I think it's unlikely to see, you know, a majority of 80 plus for an existing Conservative Party. It's really hard to see a path to that. It's going to be much closer and a close election and a close House of Commons that then results that's good for FSB because our influence grows. We're very, very strong when there's a small majority. So, you know, we're quite excited about this and we'll be ready for it. 
Yeah, thanks, thanks, Craig, and thanks for for unpicking what has been a pretty complex and fluid um, area of, of of discussion in the last last few weeks. Um, thank you, Arnab. Um, I'll, I'll bring you in if if you don't mind. You're here to talk to us about social value and why it's good for for small businesses. Welcome. Um, I guess a sensible place to start with this, and a question for many of our audience is: What do we mean by social value in this context? What is it, and and what does it mean in a in a small business sense? Uh, thank you, John. It's great to be here. Uh, I think social value has had a lot of meanings, but so I'll give you my personal view of what social value is about. It's about making a difference, changing people's lives for the better. It's something that small businesses do especially well and have always done really well. I think the fact is that small businesses are inherently social value organisations because they add huge benefits into local communities. They provide employment, community spaces, apprenticeships flexible working, they contribute to their local communities in voluntary groups and charities, they employ people over 50 and they work especially hard with people from labour market disadvantaged groups. In all, SMEs do social value and they're because they're at the heart of their communities. But the challenge we face is many of them don't know how to articulate and report how much value they actually add so the Social Value Act can be seen as an opportunity to do just that. Yeah, and we talked a bit about what it is. Um, why is it so important right now and why are you raising this at, at, at this moment? Thanks, John. That's a great question. It's really important now because it's an integral part of government policy. It's being deployed through the vehicle of public sector procurement because it changes how we do business. And it's very much part of what was the levelling up agenda. So government and local government spend hundreds of billions of pounds on buying goods and services. And social value is a new way of buying goods and services. So the cheapest price is no longer the only factor. But how the contract is awarded and how that contract is fulfilled and how it delivers benefits to the wider community have now become incredibly important. And because of what small businesses already do, it becomes an opportunity, a way of demonstrating what they do and winning business and to a greater extent a lot of work has already been done by local government have been using social value procurement and because of that we've got some really great examples of small businesses doing great work in their communities demonstrating it and winning fabulous contracts on uh, public sector supply chains brilliant so in short here there's a you know if this is being considered in procurement contracts increasingly it's good news for small business because they're doing a lot of this stuff already is that right it is and of course the challenge as i said before is how we articulate it but there's been some really good work of how we did that there are processes coming up that we're examining uh, and the work that i'm doing on the social value task force is looking at methodologies and really simple ways that smes can report and the fact is though if you're not doing it in the future there's whole swathes of new business you won't be able to win. And it's important to SMEs because public sector procurement and uh, procurement to do with tier ones that are on those public sector contracts are steady business. You generally get paid on time as long as the, as long as the government keeps supporting prompt payment. And it adds to a level of certainty, especially if you're winning multi-year contracts um, for supplying goods and services. So that part of... Um, your business 
if you're not actually dealing with um, government and, and the private sector, it's a great thing, uh, public sector, it's a great thing to get into. But if you are going to approach that and engage with it, you really will have to engage with what's happening around social value. So it's really important. That's really good. And uh, is there somewhere people can find out more? Yes, indeed. FSB have a wonderful report you can access called Small Business Big Hard. And it really demonstrates how SMEs have been on the front line in delivering social and community value that we probably didn't deliver uh, or appreciate um, uh, before the pandemic. And um, that figure uh, uh, for SMEs and, and what they do um, came about from actually um, interviewing 8,000 respondents across the country. So it's a great report and it's really worth looking at. And it gives you an idea of just how much impact and social value our members and small businesses um, produce for the UK economy. Brilliant. And presumably uh, our members can go to fsb.org.uk to search uh, for the report, Small Business Big Heart, uh, and download it from there. Craig and Arnav, thank you so much for taking us through the key small business announcements in the headlines right now and the hot topics for small businesses and the self-employed in our monthly small business roundup. Uh, it's really good. Uh, thank you also to our audience for listening to this episode. While I have your attention, as always, I would just like to remind you that you can subscribe to the FSB podcast uh, series uh, to receive regular updates and guidance on the big issues affecting small businesses. And do please also remember that you can find a whole host of additional webinars, podcasts, and other useful content on the First Voice website at uh, firstvoice.org.uk and the FSB website at fsb.org.uk. Many thanks for listening.